Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. It's a 17. Nice. That is not a bad return for me, I must say. It's a pretty warm reception. It's Welcome just, back. It's just lovely. Thank you so much. So here's here's the skinny. Tell us everything. So it's true. I was mm. I was in an escape room. However, <laughs> you would think, oh, she got lost, gave up, took a nap for three months. No. Mm-hmm. It was a secret escape room that was run. Have you guys seen The Last Starfighter? Yes. No. So it's that situation. So, <laughs> Nell, you're going to have to watch me. I can't talk a lot about it, but it was all a test. And then I got recruited mm. and I saved a bunch of planets. So I do see you're wearing three medals on your chest. <laughs> Thank must... you so much. Yeah. You can't see the two on my back, though. Mm. Give we us were a running spin? out of room. Yeah, got there it. you go. Perfect. Mm. Love it. If this was a last Starfighter scenario, why did you not leave a robot double behind? Mm. <laughs> The cat took it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know where that one went to. I just want some narrative continuity in this. That's all. We just got to keep make sure the story holds together for when they come questioning. Yeah, yeah. But glad to be back. Back on Earth. Here we go. Glad to have you back. It has been a minute. Uh, two months, maybe, sure. about since we've all been here so, together. Yeah. Uh, excited to be with both of you girls. Excited to be with all of our dear listeners. Yes. And excited to be back at school. Let's head right to the bursar's office <laughs> so we can give them back all the shit we just bought in town. <laughs> poor poor Fitzroy slash Griffin uh, sounded so betrayed. So, so betrayed. Devastated. <laughs> I'm with him. Losing his classy cloak and the glasses and every... Oh, it makes sense yeah. that they asked for the items back because, of course, it is the school's money. Fair enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it is still a little weird. And... So sweet and hilarious and sad about how how much <laughs> Fitz really didn't want to give this stuff up, and I don't blame yeah. him. I mean, specifically the cloak for sure. Of which it, like I, I'm I'm certain that there were soon to be cosplayers for this arc who were falling to their knees, also screaming, "No, don't take away the cloak! I just bought the pattern." <laughs> They were absolutely, it was the same. They were uh, just repeating Griffin's energy, for sure. It's holding the whole outfit together. I mean, you gotta have it. I can't wait for the fanzine of Boy Cloaks magazine to come out. (laughs) Me too. I'm so excited to see what our artists come up with. I hope everybody has their early subs in. (laughs) Sounds a little risque, I have to say. Uh, right, because is it just is it is, is it, it just close? <laughs> right, what's the boot situation going to be here? What's your what's their stance on uh, utility belts and cloaks? <laughs> I, I assume it's just cloak centric, but not cloak exclusive. Maybe the well. maybe the ex- the cloak exclusive stuff is in the back of the magazine, or that's the, or... that's that you pay an extra five bucks. Oh, and you get maybe a, that's, an, an extra little bag of centerfold. Is that man cloaks though? I don't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Boy cloaks is the family friendly one. Man cloaks <laughs> is the one you gotta hide from your family. You have to be very careful when you're shopping for this magazine, which one you're buying. <laughs> right. Make sure you ask for the right thing when you're at oh, the register over at Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> Well, we've just brought that into existence. Congratulations, ladies. Back into it. I love it. We waste no time. This is 20 Dirty 20. We're going to kill it. Well, and you know, the other thing that they were, that really was upsetting Fitz, and I am with him here too, this lament over the fact that the money was given to the school and just him being Mm -hmm. like, what are we even doing here? I felt that in my soul. Well, the idea that the heroes and the villains will get paid out, uh, and the hen a, people yeah. and the psychics might—it's a shady little system they mm, have here. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely it, that's definitely rough. I mean, I think it's still probably better than student loans because this is money that they oh, didn't let's have. Let's not they talk had to about that, back, right? <laughs> Instead of money that they're paying in that they're losing, is it better? I'll, Maybe I'll give Although, you that. If we do talk about student loans, can we please have the verbal, uh, a.k.a. Justin McElroy, join us? Because I feel like he will be able to explain everything to me now. 
I mean, he's any any <laughs> kind of financial good. literacy that I am not under like I'm I'm getting my whole course is this podcast now. I mean, it does sound like so he could much. start his own, but I would request if he's going to start his own uh, financial podcast, it is voiced as the Fearbog, oh, whose new name oh, no, is definitely. Fiscal Responsibility. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's it's a severe 180 from Doctor Mushrooms as far as possible permanent <laughs> names. <laughs> certainly is <laughs> i did i really did love the idea of fisk but it yeah. is a little too mm. close to fits it is so yeah. in an audio the medium only literally the only downside i could see to that yeah because it is a cute one mm-hmm. and that's how verbal names do come about is it really is just like uh, I, they're doing it right in kind of trying to find something that f- happens naturally Fits something him, that yeah. you know just yeah becomes him but when he said fiscal responsibility is my name (laughs) and then argo just well that's it okay okay well fisk what do you think and i was like perfect oh too close to fits it's not gonna work it's true maybe sponsy just like (laughs) that sounds like he's like a sponsor for sponsors okay uh that sounds like uh, Cal's cute. Cal is cute. Cal is cute. Sponsy sounds like the mascot of sponsorships. <laughs> That's it. And it's like a big character head. Hmm. Or like, like some all the character heads. Uh, off-brand Fonzie. Yeah. It's, maybe it's not great. <laughs> it sounds like a chaotic horror. I made the suggestion. I've already shot it down. Yeah. You're right. But this is, this is what a writer's room is for. This is what we're here for, to figure it out. That's why people come to the show. Oh, it's not. Okay. No, no, no. It's not why people come to the show. we'll figure it out someday well i did enjoy that that travis had the realization that his universe is basically being built around the joke he just made uh that he did not think about before beforehand since they he made that reference about it this being a a number a number 18 i believe was the was the code for for serving a subpoena to a monster um (laughs) implying that it's significantly more common than than we might have expected seems to happen a lot yeah and now they're stuck with it because he made a joke and (laughs) now it's canon you cannot take that back travis we're tough power travis you know this (laughs) he's learning every day I would argue that most of the best canon is a joke. I would agree with that. Thirded. Then the motion passes. <laughs> next next uh, item of what? Where are we? This has been podcast court. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun. Now we're moving on. We are moving on. Next on the back. docket, Hieronymus. The what Hieron- the fuck? It's just him walking into the people's court. That music's playing. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he wants to hang out with Hickamus' students. <laughs> We're all sitting up at the judge's bench in in robes that say classy across the back in sequence. That's right. Okay. So here. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Hieronymus wants to uh, congratulate our boys on a job well done. It's just so shady. Right? Like, we were already a little sus of Hieronymus. Mm-hmm. And now after talking to uh, Leon. It just sort of seems like maybe he's got some kind of other motivation or at least some other interest in them because this evaluation, it sounds like is standard. I mean, this is like yeah. a mission debrief effectively that they would have done regardless. Right. Like Hickelmiss Because that's when you get your grade. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would have been Hickelmiss. And it seems like the way that they've described the school that Hieronymus doesn't usually interfere. Like yeah. he kind of gave... He kind of gave the refuse of the school yeah. more or less to Hegelmus. That that was like his his thing, his annex. They're like an afterthought to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so it's it's weird that he's so invested. I guess I would say in in them and in, in Fitzroy in particular is definitely mm-hmm. the case. I'm not yes. sure if he's nearly as interested in the other two. Right, and that's where this entire thing gets suddenly very interesting is that like one already a little weird that you are going to congratulate these boys on a job well done which i mean nice but also a little weird Mm -hmm. uh but then two real weird when you're going to single one of them out yes and this was one of the great moments was oh just the two of us okay snippers like you have to get just oh like snippers we need our my heart grows Two two sizes every time Snippers is on the scene. <laughs> when Snippers is not on the scene, everybody should be asking, where's Snippers? Where's Snippers? <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> but luckily, our little Snippers, he, as much of a gossip as he is, he is allowed a to stay. for so-and-so. <laughs> He's allowed to stay for this discussion, wherein 
not only is Fitzroy been lauded for this this uh, field trip they just went on, but also <laughs> all of a sudden this next semester he's they're offering to bump him up to the hero and villain track, which is I mean sounds great, but also seems shady, seems um, weird. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm sort of trying to picture the circumstances under which this brass student who'd been kicked out of another school, mm-hmm. who was like, hey, have you checked on my credits yet every time you saw him? Yeah. That you would, in fact, check on his credits. And not only that, but call his former yeah. headmaster, I guess would be the correct term, in this in this universe, and be like, so what's up with this guy? And that she would be like, oh, well, aside from the catfish incident, which is the wildest thing you could possibly have on your record, <laughs> that he was, you know, an exemplary student. And that yeah. then they're like, oh, yeah, let's let's I don't know. It's not promote. They're like moving him to the gifted track, I guess. Yeah. Let's. Um, what do you call that when you. I should know all these things. I was hoping our having <laughs> say having been in uh, education administration. This is actually not too far off the mark that it would take an entire semester for them to be like, oh, right, we have to call those people. Let's Mm, do that. Let's figure that out. Oh, oh, he's actually really good. Okay, hold on. Move him (laughs) over. I feel like promoted would be the right word, especially for this situation. Because, and only because, very clearly, the heroes and the villains are treated much, much nicer than the henchmen and the sidekicks. It's more like like AP classes, kind of, I guess. But it seems like it's even more serious than that. Mm-hmm. Like, Because this division isn't just in school. This is a division that's going to affect them after they graduate. Because this is, like, determining their status in life. So mm-hmm. this is a big deal. Yeah. This is like... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> this is like in My Hero Academia. Oh, when you're either in the hero course or you're in the support course, and it makes a big difference. Do you want to be a pro hero? You better be in one of those first two classes at UA High. But so that's, I mean, it's sort of similar to that. In that, like, you were in the support class, and now we're going to bump you up. Hey, Shinso, guess what? Good news. We're considering you for the hero track. <laughs> Just saying. It's sort of similar to that. You're not wrong. <laughs> don't worry i started watching a new anime too and i'm gonna bring that one up later but for oh, now good. we'll stick to this one but I really this wait. does it goes exactly with what you were saying Anne, and that it will follow you after school whatever whatever mm-hmm. happens at the school which is also then why fitzroy is unsure at first because they want him on the villain track and he's thinking yeah. i want to be a knight and i'm supposed to be the sworn knight of whatever kingdom he gave money to i forget good castle um, good castle good castle yeah and it might, you know, how does that affect all of this? Yeah. And I mean, I think this is one of those, you know, I think everybody has this kind of turning point for their conception of the world outside of school, like when mm-hmm. they're a young person. Yeah. And I think Hieronymus telling him one person's hero might be another person's villain. Yeah. And that that must have been, you know, that would be a that would be a big deal to you, I think, as a young person, that the idea that even if you were extremely good at what you did and you thought you were a hero and you thought you were doing all of the nightly things that you were supposed to do to other people, you might be a bad guy. Right. And that's mm got to be like, you know, that's that's a a kind of a brain breaking concept, I would think, for someone who seems so eager to do well and to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he would think everybody could consider the right thing that he would consider the right thing. Yeah. I mean, ostensibly the right thing. Is he lawful good? Do we know? I don't know. Did they state alignments at all? think they've ever done that no okay well i mean it's it's a little bit more complicated than that because i think he wants to do the right thing as far as like the tenets of what the school wants him to do i don't know if he wants to do the right thing morally because as hieronymus points out he did a good job as a villain he was the one who thought Mm -hmm. of like extortion so that's exactly why this entire scene was my favorite part of this whole episode just because of the really different layers we get from Fitzroy like he's very much multifaceted in that I agree completely that I'm like of course he fits well in the villain track it's the same reason why somebody like Taco of course would fit in with the villain track but then at the same time he's a hero and is doing heroic things but it's these characters who aren't just giving you one dimension Mm -hmm. but then at the same time you think about 
the fact that Rainier is a villain and all we've ever seen from her is, you know, seemingly delightful and sunshiny and very kind, very welcoming. And yeah. So it's almost like who's deciding what and And why. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, I mean, in terms of like a practical standpoint, the division between the heroes and the villains is 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 not large like yeah. in, in terms of when they're out in the real world like what they're doing i mean they're both kind of stage magicians right like mm-hmm. there's not exactly. there's not neither of them i think is really good or really evil no. which may be something that they're going to have to unpack at some point like it I seems questionable so. about this school like or by setting up this system have they prevented people from ever being actually good hmm. just in the course of trying to prevent them from being actually evil interesting yeah, I don't know. I hope that I hope this is a continuing kind of question they have to keep asking themselves and each other. Yeah. As this one goes on. Mm-hmm. I think they also I before we leave this scene, I want to point out the music in the background. Yes, oh thank you. It sort of yeah, that slowly builds towards the end, especially as I think it starts just as uh Hieronymus is saying, your friends can be your hench people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um and one of the turning points really for Fitzroy here is him getting excited about the idea of being able to put them in like a tiny room that he's not in. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's hilarious, yeah. but also it plays into it. Yeah. His obsession with status uh-huh. seems ultimately like it could be his, his undoing in terms of doing the right thing. Yes. Completely agree. My notes just say the music playing in the background is a mood because I couldn't even describe <laughs> mm-hmm. a, the mood it was. It was just the mood that was it was it gave just... me all the feelings and I just mm-hmm. like it's so all of them. All the buzzwords. Yes. Yeah. Could not have been better placed mm-hmm. or executed really. Yeah. yeah. No, it was really, really well done and just left me again with this feeling of what are they actually trying to do here? What uh-huh. is Hieronymus actually trying to do here? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it very much reinforces the conversation with Leon in the previous episode yes. of him having this feeling that something was just fundamentally off. Uh-huh. And I think that's very much how you feel on this scene and doing the music just like slightly uncomfortable, like slightly mm-hmm. discordant. Yeah. There was something about the music that made you feel that kind of instinctive, subconscious something's not right here, even mm-hmm. though I can't quite say what it is. Yeah, your guard is up for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was it. Well, well, Fitzroy's being sung to by a sea witch over here. Let's go check in <laughs> with uh, uh, Fearbug and Argo, who are going to go look at a tree. He's going he's gonna to teach him about a tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we lost her. She's, she's gone. When you just, you got nothing. Let's talk about trees. Argo, have you seen a tree? Do you know what this is? I appreciate that Argo did come at it being like, well, I mean, I guess we are surrounded by the woods. I I love that about Clint. He will take a moment and unpack it a little bit mm-hmm. and like speak through unpacking it a little bit before being like, yeah, yeah, okay, let's do that. <laughs> I like it. It's a cute little quirk for his characters. Yeah, and I mean, I think Argo has a genuine desire to be friends with people. Like, yes. I, I think that that's already becoming a really clear part of his personality, that he wants to be liked. Yeah, and he's the sweetheart. Yeah, and it makes sense, like, if you're trying to figure out how to reach out to this character who's, I mean, not closed off, but um, not necessarily outgoing, yeah. I guess it would be fair. Um, he's a little bit of a hard nut to crack, Yeah, uh, I think. Um, he's a little... So- withheld yeah so like trying trying to reach him in a place that you think he would understand and relate to makes sense so i mean so he's kind of like well okay how are we gonna bond um trees he wants to talk about trees okay (laughs) tell me about this tree whose fruit is poisoned and whose bark you're telling me i can eat (laughs) not telling me i can nay should eat because here comes hernandez and we have to eat it all before he gets here you guys (laughs) (laughs) what did he say like show him you're not afraid or look at this bark boy i just i was giggling the whole time so (laughs) it went very intense very quickly whatever happened in the scene yeah i like the idea that this is a fearable joke like a running like a really familiar joke Mm. that that they would play on younger people or something get him to eat bark 
Yeah, and and so that they can have that bark bite joke at the end. You know, does, I like it. Yeah, it does seem that way because they're so uh, socially awkward, and so like, yeah. and you would go and be like, oh, they're furbolg. They must know. I will trust them and believe <laughs> yeah. in anything they say when it comes to trees and nature, and then. <laughs> fall for the joke and they just get it's just a hoot it's their version of pulling a little prank on you <laughs> i did very much enjoy um justin as the fear bulk explaining yes and like in character <laughs> i i really like the concept that improv exists in this fantasy universe he has learned so much this semester he took improv 101 and it's his best score alongside accounting he's really killing it at this school Actually, that would probably be a very useful class for hench people. I will, I will say that. Absolutely. I think that might be a useful skill. I wish I had a improv one hundred and one in my schooling to be a hench person. <laughs> now, before we carry on with Hernandez and the Freerbog, let's stick with Argo just a moment because he finds oh an envelope with some rings on it some with rings circles inside a larger circle. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I did try uh, is on is on my Twitter that I while I was making notes yeah. I was like oh I should I should try and draw this because I'm I instead of trying to write down what it is if I can draw it and try to like visualize what it looks like that will help me yeah but I think I might have accidentally made the fantasy Coco Chanel logo uh, oh. when I was trying I mean I don't know maybe it's too similar <laughs> all I could think of was a Venn diagram well that's kind of where I went to Brittany I'm gonna take a picture right now of my notes where I drew it mine just kind of looks like a butt in a circle like somebody was I sitting on a wait. circular yeah. um, a circular uh, copy machine is kind of what mine looks like so I'll upload that for you girls later <laughs> I mean, it's it's a difficult question because we don't know. I mean, this is not an important detail, but I think as I mean, especially for be. us, because we've both done like graphic design kind of stuff. Yeah, it's hard not to immediately think Absolutely. I need to know exactly what this looks like in mm-hmm. my head before I can move on. I have to picture this. I have to know what he's seeing. Yes, it's exactly yeah. that. Yours looks yeah. really good, though. We'll we'll retweet it on Romancing the Zone so everybody can see it. Yeah, I might just like turn it turn it 90 degrees and then it won't look like the Chanel logo and then I think I think we're good because we don't know which way they we don't really know which way the semicircles were facing true so Mm -hmm. yeah and there's definitely some risk of it looking like two butts or yours I didn't get some boobs (laughs) I didn't get any um TNA vibes from yours it's not inappropriate okay that's good yeah that's good to know you always want your design work to be not you want to try to I mean unless it's specifically what you're after I was going to say yeah Sometimes you really want a pervy design, and some would argue want... otherwise. You know. Yeah. Well, okay, that's fair. That's fair. If we're doing, if we're doing the man cloaks magazine logo, exactly. we, we want it to be a little bit racy. <laughs> the man cloaks logo is just a variant of whatever this uh, this seal is that's on the right. logo. That's what we're doing after we're done here is designing the man cloaks magazine logo and then cover. Everybody, please meet us in the boardroom. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> And I already have our poll idea, but we'll circle back to that later. <laughs> yes. I already have a name for this episode. Okay. So <laughs> so Argo gets a letter clearly from Man Cloaks Incorporated. <laughs> Meanwhile, asking him to meet him at midnight. Wink, wink. Wink. Anyway, for now, though, the fear bulb is going to go visit this Pegasus who has already grown. This semester has yeah. flown by. Or oh, Pegasus I grow very quickly. A little bit of column A and column B. Yeah. Well, horses grow pretty fast. I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I watched My Little Pony for like 10 years. And those little baby ponies are still really little. <laughs> I did. In an, This is going to sound like the most bougie thing in the universe. I did have um, people in my neighborhood <gasps> when I was living in Kentucky who raised raised thoroughbreds. I was who raised going horses. to ask, and did you have a I pony growing really up? I did not have a horse girl. <laughs> My I did not have a, a horse girl. She her her pony. I don't know how long it took her to look like a big horse. By the time I met her, she was still young. She was just a couple years old, yeah. but she was big. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean they mature pretty quickly. Like I mean foals are depending on the type of horse, but foals foals are fairly fairly large when they're born. Like they're yeah. not they're not teeny tiny. So I, I guess the the kind of. The gap between baby size and full-grown size, it's a little bit faster than it is with a person. Well, and don't forget, she was hitting the gym, too. She was hitting the gym. She was definitely um, getting her pump on. Also, Maybe I, she... I guess we don't know how little she was when she first got there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We all just so this presumed. All tracks. 
Yeah. I just assumed she was very like a a baby deer. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah. even even then, you're still talking about a fairly shortened timeline because you know by the time they're one, one and two, their horses are racing. So yeah. which is you know that's a whole mixed bag. But but you know they're pretty mature at that point. They can go to the movies by themselves. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> just has to ask permission and let and Hernandez is like, just let me know when you're going to be back, and mm-hmm. she's like, okay, yeah, and she's definitely old enough to um go off on her own she's all of those trips to the movies have really made her feel confident that she's ready to go (laughs) back in there try to figure out what happened to her flock and see if she can help other members of her flock yeah it's really sweet that she she took i mean it makes sense like she was traumatized and she meets this other creature who comforts her yeah when she's really distressed that she would she would take his message to heart but she really did i mean she spent this whole time thinking like no i the way to overcome this trauma is that i have to face it and i have to stop it from happening to anybody else Mm -hmm. that's it so imagine her again in the gym just yeah. pump in to X go and give it to you. <laughs> uh-huh. Thinking about I, I gotta save my flock. I've got to, you know, that like you've got um the Furbolg in his coach gear, like he's got a towel around his shoulders. Exactly. Like he he's rubbing her shoulders. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Giving her that pep talk. That's how it went. Yeah, it was a really lovely montage that we look back on. And she's like, the time has finally come for you to know that my name is Breeze Through the Willow, which is beautiful and can be shortened to BTW. <laughs> That's true. She's I just BT dubs from now on. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right? It's cute. Also, I love the idea that they were these two nameless beings just, just hanging out. Yeah. No need for names. Who needs them? Mm, so passe. They're beyond that. They're so beyond that that she also gives him essentially a a summon device, a mm-hmm. feather. And when That's... he speaks her name, she will come a running <laughs> or a flying. Depends on where he is. Where he is, what the sky is like that day. What's the weather going like? Yeah. I had forgotten until just now that what I wrote in my notes was, I know we just met and this is crazy, but here's my feather, so call me maybe. <laughs> and congratulations, now you get a white feather. <laughs> I have no idea why I thought that would be the best way for me to remember what was happening in the scene. but <laughs> Well, now we will never forget. When that feather comes back into play, we're all going to have that song in our head. It's true. I mean, I have it in my head pretty much constantly, mm. so to that be is fair. That is a banger. Uh, but in the course of growing up, She's also remembered some important information. Yes. Which is what exactly attacked attacked her her community. And she's determined that they were demons and that they were not all the same, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and some of them were small and like kind of bug-like. And others were attacking what I initially thought was their minds. But it's their minds with a D. So some kind of psychic attacks on them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she called and, them and I ghosts. thought initially like, oh, well, maybe maybe they knew there were demons in the woods or something like that. But she specifies that this was not typical, that this was not something that she knew would be a threat. Mm-hmm. Right. This is something they weren't prepared for. So it just kind of lends itself even further to whatever's going on in the woods. We keep getting mm-hmm. more and more indicators that. This is bad. Something hinky's going on in them there woods. We told you kids to stay out of there. They literally did. Like it they was did. in the first episode. It was, yeah. Groundsy told break us. Each other. Point blank. <laughs> God knows what's in there. Demons. I mean, apparently. it's it's Chekhov's forest at this point. If they if they set up a forest <laughs> that you're not supposed to go into in Act One, you're gonna have to go you're into it. You're going in Act right. to have to go in. I wanted to to say like before we move on to the next scene that uh-huh. as as uh, Breeze through the willow is leaving and is flying for the first time, um, I want to give a shout out to Travis in terms of when we were talking about trauma a little bit earlier that he describes her taking off and describes her wings as scarred and beautiful. Yeah. And I thought that Ooh, yeah. was a really nice, a really powerful touch to say, like, we're going to acknowledge this injury and we're going to say that it's not it's not something that prevents her from being beautiful, that, it, that the two things are linked in yeah. some way um, and inextricable from from who she well, she's not a person, but who she is as a Pegasus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I just I just thought that was a that was a nice touch and a, a very mature way to depict that uh, yeah. out of some options that would have potentially been more problematic or just not as not as good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. No, I'm glad you mentioned that. I hadn't even thought of it in that way. I just was appreciating how lovely that whole scene was because it is yeah. very, very poignant as she's taking off. And essentially it's a like, this is goodbye, but you have that quick summon. I'll see you again. Uh, but we'll yeah, that's... meet again. <laughs> Don't know where. <laughs> Don't know where. <laughs> that's the second time we've sang this song. <laughs> is it? Yes. I never remember anything we do. <laughs> but... Yes, that's a good point, Anne. I like that. Anyway, back to heart to heart with a crab. <laughs> My only note here is fucking Fitzroy and Snippers. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I think that's really all the note you need. I thought it's, at the time I thought so too. The scene is so small and it seems almost <laughs> like it would be something you could cut. But here's why I really like it. Because we see it's Fitzroy immediately regretting mm-hmm. what he just mm-hmm. agreed to. Which I think is so fascinating because it's not the same thing that then he says to his friends later. He come when he yeah. goes back to them and tells them about it. He sounds very confident. So I just thought that this moment is very important because we at least see him talk to Snippers, <laughs> as charming as it is. They're talking back and forth and <laughs> having delightful <laughs> misunderstandings. At the same time, we do at least have one for sure moment where. We know, as the audience and as Snippers knows, Fitzroy is regretting what he just did. Mm-hmm. Or at least yeah. doubting it. Certainly. He's conflicted and, and it, it it's appropriate for him to experience this conflict in the course of basically talking to himself. Because yeah. this animal is his familiar, it represents his magic. So I think it, who else would you want to talk to? about your conflict than the thing that you're conflicted with in some way that they're they're sort of antagonistic and they're trying to move towards not being antagonistic so it's also a good moment for his character development that he's chosen to confide in snippers and confide in this part of himself and that's beautiful and on that same note uh we didn't really touch on this before, but I think it's interesting that part of the reason he was chosen as, quote, a villain was because of his chaos, is what yeah. they called it. And that's essentially, that's his magic. And I really, like, the chaos feeds the magic. So I feel like this entire yeah. thing that Fitzroy is bringing to the table is very deep and, yeah. I don't know, has a couple different angles, a couple different sides to it. Like like a D20. It has many sides. That's right. You're the D20 of my heart. What? Who knows? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I really am interested in, in this idea of, of extreme magical power coming from chaos. I think that's an yeah. interesting an interesting idea of needing to channel the chaos, but also that you need Embrace the chaos. Uh huh. Yeah. This is all very The Witcher right now. Mm, I haven't watched it, nor <laughs> That is it. true. Well, you need to watch The Witcher. It's very important to me. And then you must toss a coin to him. All right. I'll be right back. <laughs> so I just watched The Witcher. <laughs> here's here's the scene. You guys go to the library to go read with the fear bulb, and I walk in. You can go read The Witcher books in the library. <laughs> That's Perfect. We'll tie this yes. together. The scene open. Here's how the scene opens. You guys okay. are in the library reading the Witcher books. <laughs> I walk in and say, "I just watched The Witcher," and then we go to the Fearbulk talking to The Witcher. Hold on, The no. Witcher, <laughs> Sabor. Wait, who? Turtle. Turtle. He's a turtle. He's a turtle. <laughs> Looks like a turtle. Talks like a tortoise. Turtle. Not not a tortellini. <laughs> not a tortellini. But how fun would that have been? That would have been if he great. was made of pasta. Yeah, I mean, if if anybody has a D and D game where they are playing a turtle, which I assume they are a playable race, uh, yeah, you should probably name it Lini because that's be everything's very funny. a playable race it at would this be. point. Yeah, I would think so. So that's that's just free in the universe from Clint. Also, it's a cute name, Lini. It is, it cute. is cute. Yeah, I like it. You uh, probably make a lot of Olive Garden jokes. Oh my goodness! Another suggestion I have for this scene. If yeah. you have a few extra hours on hand, you should listen to it in half speed to really get the idea of <laughs> what a turtle should sound like. That's, yeah, if you really want the immersive experience. Mm-hmm. It will give you enough time to make some tortellini. True. Ooh, yeah. So, Sabor the turtle, in all his wisdom, does give some insight to our fear bulk here about what these demons might have been that uh, BT Doves was talking about. We find out that little ones are quasits. Yes. Which is like a quasi. I thought that's what it kind of 
was leaning towards oh, a quasi-demon. Yeah, just little yeah. ones. Mm. But they're little shits, too, so... <laughs> Beware. And shadow demons. And oh, you hate to hear about that. Yeah, it doesn't sound good, I have to say. No. Not at all. Because he talks about them being like wraiths and them being not even just like shadowy demons, but the shadows of demons who tried to do something messed up. Yeah, they're like heartless, kind of, I guess. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, and he also confirms that these demons do not normally work together. That you might encounter one of them, but probably not both of them at the same time, which right. seems especially ominous because I think when the, they're talking about these kinds of demons, like the closets, they sound like they would be underlings, right? But even the shadow demons do. So then the question is, who or what are they working for? Like, there must be an organizing force, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not right. like an individual, if it's just something that's happening, some kind of event that's causing them to work together. But it still seems bad. It seems bad. Yeah. It it really does. It seems quite bad. And it almost also makes me wonder, like, I don't know, are, like, why attack Pegasi? Like, it just seems so weird. Are they attacking everything? And, like, this Pegasus was just the only thing that happened to get away? I don't know. There's still so much we don't know that, sadly, the library cannot tell us at this point. The library can only give you so much. So weird that we don't know things about the unknown forest. It's so weird. (laughs) Where are all their books on the unknown forest? I mean, excuse me, Sabor. There's not a. I see three books here in the section titled "Unknown Forest," and I'm wondering where the rest of them are. <laughs> They're all about berries for some reason. For some reason, yeah. God. Okay, so we have a whole back and forth about this book on berries. I think we can skim over that. Let's get this boy back into. The dorm room. I mean, it, it is, in fairness, it is and? A, a, it is a solid character. <laughs> I'm I'm saying one thing and then I'm done. It is it is a good character moment that the Fearbulg is is so conscientious that he's very worried about this late book. Fair. I will give you that. that it is absolutely in character. B. And that he will pay <laughs> the fee even though he doesn't owe it yet. <laughs> also, yeah, that is some solid character development he's not he's not cut out for the villain track really i don't think (laughs) it's gonna be real interesting to see these boys barely be villains because it is time for fitz to let him know hey so some things are gonna change here (laughs) and now he's thunderman (laughs) he left them fitzroy maplecourt whatever of the whatever and he returned to them as thunderman and he wants them to work for him verbolg is down to clown immediately yeah, yeah it, proving me wrong what I just said like a minute earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he isn't naturally, I mean, I guess, again, it depends on how you view a villain. It, I was just going to say, it's that same idea. Someone's hero could be another one's villain. Someone's villain can be someone's hero. This is our new merch line. You could do heroic <laughs> things in a villainous way if he is demanding payment if he gets so into the accounting stream Mm. that he becomes Mm -hmm. a prince john situation of taxing and you know you're gonna get thrown in jail because you didn't pay the right percentage tax this i it's a slippery slope my friend their jury is going to be corrupted by capitalism oh no what a twist i mean the other interpretation here is that he came from a clan that he was ejected from and he is pretty much willing to do anything to remain in this temporary, like, new clan Aww, like that he's in with family. his friends. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think he would just, I think maybe he would just go along with them, whatever they said, pretty much. Well, you just made me sad. Right? How many villains are doing exactly that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at my hero activity. <laughs> <laughs> you will be in love with the League of Villains at least a little bit. But yeah, I like that idea a lot, that it's not, he's not excited to be a villain. He's excited to stay with his friend. Yeah. Well, and he also thinks it's going to be a franchise. So he retains retains power. Eyes on the prize. This is what I appreciate so much about you, Fearbog. You understand (laughs) franchising and the importance of maintaining brand standards, which is very crucial. And Argo also coming in with solid business advice that they should have a contract. That is an extremely mm-hmm. good idea. Let's bring the lawyers back in here. He did hollow we want prenup about this villain <laughs> <and> marriage. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> you got it. It is for sure in all caps. And the second they said that, I hollered back, we want prenup. So, I'm in. <laughs> and it's so smart. And luckily we have Gary here. <laughs> I believe he said he's a notary. This is perfect. Yeah. It's all falling into place. <laughs> I'm now curious if Gary can do weddings or not. <laughs> Just hypothetically. Right? Probably. Gary, I, be- I think he could. He's pretty talented. I want to know the extent of his legal powers. That would be valuable information to have. Uh, hey, Trav, quick cue. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as all of this is happening, Griffin writes us another gorgeous song. <laughs> I'm going to play that at night just to lull me to sleep. <laughs> this whole bit, I was laughing so much about them talking about being <laughs> God, it was all so funny. And when he peters off with, we need a bard, like, that's okay. Next, next person to pull in. <laughs> Let's get a bard up. In I'm here. telling you, Griffin yeah. as Fitzroy is just—they're all constantly serving it. But I think I think because Fitzroy's so over the top and so just animated anyway that I just see him overdoing everything, which makes it yeah. even funnier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Griffin plays that perfectly. Agree. And I do hope if for some reason they ever decide they want to have a guest in some kind of one-off episode, that it is in fact them getting a bard. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> Uh, dare we say Lynn again? Oh. <laughs> he would make a great bard. They know a number bard. of a uh, number of qualified people for sure. They do. They do. And what? Hold on. Something comes a tapping at our chamber door to interrupt this little. Ah, ah. What could it be? <laughs> it's a little raccoon skeleton here to serve us each an envelope. <laughs> Yeah, Rainier must listen to Schmanners because she's she's so on top of it with like these really polite invitations to things. Uh, so kind. She's so lovely. And let let us not glaze over Fitz immediately just taking advantage of his new lofty position, <laughs> making Argo open the door for him. And I picture him. So he's on his double decker bed. Of course. Leaning back, of arms course. behind his head, just like, Argo, go get the door. <laughs> and Clint not missing a beat be- saying, you're not the boss. Of- oh, wait, yeah, you are. All right. <laughs> gets up, gets the door. And it's a good thing you did because, yes, we have these lovely party in invites rainier's birthday is next week <gasps> what are we gonna get her oh my goodness we have to think about it I now, about now it. i'm thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> we all really hmm. i'm thinking about what this uh what this fictional character might want as a birthday gift <laughs> yeah gosh we do know what the raccoon wants because apparently it really likes jelly beans. Oh my yeah. gosh. Which raises a lot of questions, but as long as it's happy, you know. The quote, I know what skeletons like. I was like, hey, that's, <laughs> that's me and Fitz. <laughs> I love that's, a skeleton. That's going to be my uh, my new text, text ringtone. <laughs> I love it. They all RSVP, yes, definitely, to Rainier's party. I can't wait for the full two-part episode about Rainier's birthday party next week. Right? It's decadence on decadence or just a rowdy, rowdy time. A lot of skeletons in party hats, for sure. Oh. Uh, I cannot even wait for this party. And I hadn't even thought of the amount of skeletons that are going to be partying down with us. (laughs) Now what are you going to wear? I am going to wear... Well, definitely a cloak. (laughs) A cloak covered in sequins, and then probably a party dress. It depends <laughs> on how inspired I'm feeling by Man Cloak Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of clothing you wear with the cloak. What about you girls? Uh, cloak for sure. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking about a utility belt. Mm. I feel like it would come in handy at a party like that. I bet it would. And we'll see about the rest. Yeah. Maybe there, maybe not. We, I, we don't know. Who knows? And burger <laughs> shoes? Uh, yeah, I guess the burger shoes. I mean, I have n- I do not have many opportunities to go to parties, so I, I don't know if I have a good answer to this question. <laughs> I think maybe you got you to gotta go a little bit goth, right? I mean, she's a necromancer. Mm. It feels it feels mm. like that would be maybe the right, the right kind of tone, like just a little goth. Yeah, I'll wear my black party little dress. Little punk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Black utility. I'll I'll get Batman's utility belt. It'll be fine. Perfect. I'll just probably have Batman's whole outfit. Let's Perfect. face some facts here. I love this. I do feel like the dress code would have been on the invitations too, and maybe they just didn't. Ah. You know, they didn't stop the episode for that really important detail. I'm surprised. I am too. They could we have spent another so many twenty minutes details. talking about what they were going to wear to this party, <laughs> like we just did. But we were kind of all really on top of it. That's true. I am in my closet right now, just looking at what I have, <laughs> just figuring it out. 
you just got to be ready. But at least now we all know that we're not going to wear the same thing when we go to this party. Truth. And now that we figured out what we're all going to wear, it's time for bed. And it's time to dream about creepers in the woods, as we all do from time to time. (laughs) You know when you're having those really bad, scary dreams. You know the creepy wood dream with the face? And then when you roll perception just well enough that you can see (laughs) that it's your headmaster (laughs) creeping on you in the woods. Uh, Uh, I don't trust these people. I was a little bit surprised that it was Higglemas and not Hieronymus. I was too. I was too. Maybe, Mm. maybe, Mm. turn it around, maybe he's not creeping, maybe he's surveying. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, how much of this, I mean, obviously, like you just painted this picture for us, be very creepy, very lurky, but is that a fake out? Mm. Is it Hieronymus in a Hegelmas mask? Oh, now it is creepy again. (laughs) (laughs) I won't take it back to creep town every time. You just really... It's where I live. I, I you, personally, I don't think that it's a coincidence that we just heard about shadow demons that can mess with your mind and then people are having weird dreams. I think they got a shadow demon. You just gave me the school. chills. Me too, I don't. Oh, I'm not going to be able to go to bed now. He's not leaving that closet. Ugh. Well, you know, because my mind had gone to the fact that coming off of amnesty, I was like, J-Man and dreams, am I right? Mm-hmm. But now that it's like, uh-oh. I guess with that in mind, this would be my question for Travis, is how long has the fear both been dreaming this? Is this a recent dream? I mean, obviously mm. he's been dreaming it during the semester, but was yeah. he dreaming it before? I think this was meant to be, it, it, it was implied in the wording that this was the first time that the dream had this element. He's been having this recurring dream, but mm. this is the first time there's been an Ooh. intrusion of something that was not that's previously true. there. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Like somebody's watching. It's like he's just watching the dream. Like, because he doesn't do anything in it. But that's creepier. Somebody's watching me. It is horrifying. (laughs) And, right, is this just him observing the dream? Or is this the fear bug getting some sort of premonition? I don't know. Or a recall? Ugh. Right? Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> I would like everybody to know the reason why we're like, oh, we're all very scared. We're recording this at, well, it's 1130 almost for Anne and I, and yes. it's still dark out, of course, because Brittany lives in Alaska. So we're all in, like, nighttime. Also, I'm an hour away from bedtime, so, so there regardless. You go. It, is, it is night in the woods where we are. Yes. It's true. So now everything's extra spooky. Now we're going to really try <laughs> to scare each other. Don't worry. I have something <laughs> to bring us back up after this. Okay. But speaking of creepy things and creepy people creeping around in the dark creeps argo argo has gone to meet jackal in the middle of the night in the abandoned school like well empty school the (laughs) school's after dark number one creepy place uh yeah that's why i would argue number two creepy hospitals first that's it okay all right all right number two number two i'll take number two (laughs) they're your silent hill classics you're gonna have to go to an abandoned or just after closing hospital school I guess uh, being a teacher, I'm often in an empty school. Mm. That's fair. Afterwards, I've had to sleep in empty schools. So mm. I guess creepy. Yeah, yeah. The hospitals, first creepy. Schools, second creepy. Both very high on the creep list, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's where we find ourselves to meet Jackal. High on the creep list. The kinku, who is also high on the creep list. <laughs> Literally, as it were. Ah, Meeting up in this beautiful, it sounds like a beautiful balcony overlooking, oh god, the unknown forest, who knows? Ugh, how many creepers are in there? That's true, we don't know which way the balcony faces, that's an interesting question. What yeah. exactly he's, because he's not, he's not just on the balcony, he's on the balustrade. Right. Making Argo nervous, which I did appreciate. Argo, you're such a sweetheart, being like, come on, <laughs> come back down, you don't have wings. He's such a good boy. He really is. And we learn more about the kinku in that the the lore is that they used to have wings, mm-hmm. but once upon a time, somebody pissed somebody off and now they don't. And here comes my second anime reference. I've been watching volleyball <laughs> anime. It's called Haikyuu. And the team that it focuses on is uh, the Crows. And they haven't been doing so hot the past year. I don't know. But the, so people have been calling them the wingless crows. And I was like, oh, they're kinku. Oh. So they I thought go. you were going to say they made a deal with a devil that went wrong. The team, <laughs> I, they might have done arms. that too. Because they're getting their wings back. 
slowly but surely, I think this new whatever position this kid plays is really going to bring us back this year. (laughs) I'm great at volleyball now. (laughs) So, with the Karasuno Kinkus, they just got to get their wings back. Which apparently you just, you dream about him, which I did think was interesting that the yeah. jackal saying when, when he dreams, he has wings, he can fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like that mention of maybe of him saying something about having vivid dreams recently that maybe that wasn't just a lore dump. Maybe that was related to whatever's yeah. going on. Kind of wondering if the dreams are going to be an important thing moving forward. It seems like they're they're certainly teed up to be. Everybody get your dream journals out. Write it oh down. Oh my god, please write down everything. <laughs> Can't wait to read everybody's. Mm. I sneak and skulk around at midnight. Creeper. <laughs> and we also touch on the fact that Kinkus are mimics. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is so good. Yeah. It's so good. And Argo mentions earlier, he's like, Yes, you your voice sounds, sounds familiar. familiar but I can't quite place it. And as they talk and Jackal kind of explains the whole mimicry thing, you can hear him taking on Argo's voice. Yes. And it was so well done because it was just subtle enough that I was at first wondering if Travis was just doing that thing where you start talking like whoever (laughs) you're talking with. Yeah. 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 We've all fall into that from time to time. pick up an accent. Why am I suddenly saying this this way? (laughs) No, it was it was a really uh, really interesting way to do that to have it not just be the sort of dry conversation, but like that you could hear that happen slowly over time, and it was meted yeah. out like at just the right the right speed for it to work really well. Uh-huh. Yeah, and in that same respect, then it's like especially listening to it the second time and knowing that this is the the first voice that Jackal has is the one that we've heard him use before, and having Argo say it sounds familiar. I'm like, is it supposed to sound like Shabri? Who is his mom? Did anybody else call her Shibli the whole time? I, initially, when I went to go write down her name, yes, I did write Shibli, and then I changed it to an R instead of an L. But I spelled it. The I same wrote way. it because that's all I could think of. And then I had to re-listen. I was like, "What is her actual name?" Because I know it's not Shibli. And then I had to write Shibri in parentheses. But in my heart. And in my soul, she will always be Shibli. Shibli. <laughs> also, I'm on Whole30 and I can't drink and it makes me sad right now. <laughs> so you're just really, your heart is set on some Shibli and you're like, yes, yes. yeah, just doodling the name in your notes. <laughs> A little hearts by it. <laughs> but, so that's where I was like, is it her voice? So Shibri and Jackal were friends? They yeah, travel around. Sailed. It seems. Yeah, yeah, they Together. knew each other and, and classmates. Yeah. We also yeah. find out that the um the the reference the first time they meet, where he says they're going to talk about Mariah. Mariah's not a person. It sounds like it's the ship. It sounds like it's the boat. Yeah, yeah, it's the ship that his mother ultimately, I guess, owned. Was maybe the implication? Right. It's still That's a little unclear. Like. Yeah, still just hazy enough, but we're slowly getting answers, and I like mm-hmm. it. I like that it's just slowly giving us pieces. Because yeah. then we also learn about this organization, the secret organization that uh, Argo is now being invited to join. Yeah. Not by Jackal, but essentially yeah. by Shabri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so secret that he can't even tell him what the name of it is. I'm calling it right now. It's the Stonecutters. That's what I have written down. Of course. It's gotta be. We only have 28 other options. <laughs> Could be the Masons, could be the Illuminati, could be the... Skull and Bones. Thank you. <laughs> I can make a silent eye joke here, but you're not going to get it. Maybe somebody who listens will. I feel like I might get that one. Is that Magic Tavern? Yes. Okay. I feel like I've at least heard of the silent eye. A lot of, a lot of secret organizations with magic uh like symbols symbol coins going around right now yeah which is cool because i love coins what a great thing to eventually show up in the merkel roy merc store i can't even wait <laughs> the, is that what their merch is they're if, when they make merch they're the merkel royce uh-huh <laughs> tm 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 <laughs> I'm actually surprised they didn't think of that, that they never thought of, because it says it's the McElroy uh, merch squad, and they didn't think of Merchelroys. Merchelroys. <laughs> they just needed me to show up and not know how to talk into a microphone. <laughs> Boys, I'm always here for you. <sighs> but yeah, I feel like this coin will look very close to the beautiful design that you made, Anne. And on 
on it does it say blood and bone rain and stone blood yeah. and bone rain and stone yeah yes. on the back yeah it says that and this one had her name on it so it sounds like yeah. you each get your own yeah, you get you get one token because you can recruit one person into the organization. Yeah. And he says that he has already re- he already recruited his best friend. So she left oh, before she died. She left him her token and, yeah. and with the intent that it would go to Argo. So initially it had seemed like Jackal was the shady character, which of course still is. And like he even says here, like all the things I've been asking you to do were leading up to this and mm-hmm. me asking you you're inviting you to the secret organization, giving you this coin that your mother left. But even with that, I'm suddenly now like, well, now Jackals seems like an ally. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this was a, like, just narratively, this is an interesting choice because this, this way of inviting him into the organization, if Jackal had given him his own coin, Argo probably would have just pieced out. Like, why? I mean, I know he's been cooperating up until this point for whatever reason, but it yeah. having it be your mother left this to you, that yeah. this was what she wanted for you, that seems like it's going to land with a whole lot more weight yeah. on the side mm-hmm. of, yes, you should do this. Because, I mean, and Jackal is being fairly upfront about this because Argo wants to believe when he says, like, oh, it's for the greater good, that it means they're the good guys. And Jackal corrects him and says, no, we're not. Right. Because it doesn't work that way. It's exactly what we've been saying. What is mm-hmm. good and what is bad? Yeah, it seems like there's a, a there's going to be, and already is, a big theme in this arc of dichotomy of good versus evil and whether yeah. or not it's actually that simple. But then which version of it not being that simple is the right one? Right. Mm-hmm. It's getting deep, y'all. It really is. And it just, yeah, it makes me wonder about this group. Um, I did appreciate Argo asking if he can talk to his boss and his coworker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also enjoyed that. Oh, my God. Clinton McElroy, you're too good. It was He's just so, so seamless. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, but it does make me wonder, like, where will this group play in? Mm-hmm. Will it have something to do with Fitz's kingdom? Yeah. Will it have something to do with whatever's happening at the school? I don't Is I don't it know. fighting whatever's happening at the school? We don't exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. And what is happening at the school? That's the biggest cue of them all. And when is it going <sighs> to be the known forest? Oh, my God. Okay. You guys. <laughs> there you go. Our murder board is full. It <laughs> runneth board. over. Exactly. <laughs> May your glass be full and your murder board runneth over. <laughs> I hope you all have the flippy ones that you can yes. turn to the other side. Cause... Next side. Uh-oh. Wait. No, that's the crush board. Okay. Hang on. Flip it back oh, over right, the murder shoot. board. Flip it to the third side. Hold on. <laughs> we have a, a lot of boards at this point. <laughs> we have a board room. There you go. Ah. All the walls are just whiteboards. <laughs> One is just full of math and financial mm-hmm. literacy as I am desperately trying to finish my course through this podcast. <laughs> yes. There's also a lot of drawings on there because I get bored and I just start drawing things. Those are my A lot of podcasts. fashion, fashion ideas. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of just stick figures with only cloaks on. Wait, who drew these? <laughs> Filthy. And I'm just awkwardly in the corner coming up with merch ideas that nobody asked for. I think we're on to something. I think we're going to figure this one out. But for now, we're going to have to wait a couple more weeks. Ah. It's time for Argo to go back to bed, and it's time for all of us to go to bed. But first, <laughs> is there anything we've got to mention that we want to bring up now? I have a question. Go for it. Where and are this we? might be me just having missed, you know, 28 months of show. Mm-hmm. Um. They never touched on the rock that the Furbolg took, right? Ooh. No, there was no. Uh-huh. Okay, so he that's presumably just, still has so it. Put it on the board. This is going to be important, especially because Calling we've been talking about mind-altering demons. Mm-hmm. Yikes! So it would have been the neat. rock. We don't know. It would have been neat when he was rooting around in his pockets if he touched <gasps> it. Mm. <gasps> Actually, I thought for sure that the pocket was going to be glued shut when he went to put his hand <laughs> in. Really like, oh, it's going to be so funny. <laughs> and then now he just gave her glue. This is now uh, making me wonder whether Hicklemas is the one who made him steal the rock. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, oh that's dreams. why he's watching. It was true. Uh, girls, uh, stop mm. it. <laughs> Guys, I want a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary, help. Okay, here he comes. 
He's, he'll he'll get you set up over here. Oh. For now, it's time to go to our poll. Pull down that other board. Here we go. All right. So, everyone, please welcome the newest Care Bear cousin, Heart to Heart Fearbog. That's so Yay. cute. <laughs> right? It's really cute. It fits well with this episode, too. It does. Aww. Right when he was talking to the Pegasus, I was like... This this works perfectly. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for voting. And now for this week's two polls. One, who was on the cover of this month's Boy Cloaks magazine? And two, what birthday present are we going to give for Rainier? We'll have those polls up over on our Twitter at Romancing Zone. We'll see everyone back in class in two weeks. Till then, thanks for joining us. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone.